DJ and PK brought to you in part by The Warehouse. Remember to join Hans and Scotty from 10 to 2 at The Warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West, in Salt Lake City. Price is so low it'll blow your mind. Ah, boom! Have you thought about a Nets-Jazz matchup yet? No. I just put it up during the break, PK. We're only 33 votes in, and 20% of the people say, yep. Nope. 44% though are thinking about the Lakers. Oh my gosh, the Lakers are where it's at. They're always where it's at, or most of the time anyway. 25 the, the Kobe ran, no, but other than that, yes. 25% say, I'm loving the regular season. They're just not thinking about the playoffs. They're not worried about the playoffs. They're just soaking up W's. I'm always thinking about the playoffs, and this year, most especially, I'm thinking about the playoffs as far as what will the seed be. Yet, I mean, uh, this is, uh, we're yeah. a week away from March. Of course, this is the time to think about it. Got about 12% of the people saying they're thinking about the Clippers, which since they just played the Clippers, I guess okay, makes sense. Okay, that's fine, too. Yeah, you just, you, just saw them. you just saw them play, and it was a rare Jazz loss, so if you're thinking about them, that's not surprising. All you right, really go need to, to play very well to beat the Clippers. Go to Twitter. Go to David DJ James. Cast your vote. See where, your, see where your brain is. Well, the Clippers and Lakers are totally on my mind. I'm watching every <laughs> score with way more intensity. Mario just <laughs> tweeted at us with a gif, and it's Harrison Ford, his hand solo, and he's just staring down the camera, just looking like a tough guy. He goes, all of it. <laughs> nice, Mario. Uh, Caleb, to the earlier question here, uh, the Jazz are going to be hard to defend. You got to chase them off the three point line and not let them get to the free throw line, or let them get to the rim. I mean, he, yes, yeah, yes to all of the above. Up, oh, I just sorry, he refers to an earlier tweet. He is thinking about the Nets. That's what he thinks about the Nets. The Nets will be hard to defend. You've got to chase them off the three point line and not let them get to the free throw line. Obviously, we saw James Harden in Houston shoot a lot of free throws, and Durant's pretty good at getting the line too. Great. I mean, that, that is so ridiculous to be yeah. talking about what James Harden is going to be doing in the playoffs. This is a franchise that made the finals twice Ever. in 40-some years, and now you're talking about, oh, my gosh. I want uh, We need to put in a request lock, uh, lock a hatch. I just you, you Lock is such a big influence on you. You quote him all the time. That's why it's on my mind. Uh, whatever random he is stat one he of my mentors. No, I was thinking of DJ. DJ oh, okay. is one of the he, – he quotes – He does. Lock, he just loves the stats that Locke puts out. He I does. just gloss over them. Okay, anyways, uh, and your request? DJ eats them as if they're food. <laughs> uh, put in a request to uh, either Jay-Z or Dennis Lindsay, and I want DJ to, to ask him, how do you think they're going to match up against the Nets? Okay, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> I'm going to make sure that's in the specifications of why we want them on. <laughs> Hey, JC, man, we really want to get your thoughts on the Jazz versus the Nets. In the Click. Season. They'll start prepping for the Nets well before they're willing to admit it. Oh, you man. and I both know that. I, I, They'll be I give prepping you credit, for man. everybody. You're going to you're gonna die on this hill. Yes. Good for you. Yes. For you, the this Nets. hill right here. Lo- I wish Locke hadn't put out a friggin' tweet about the Nets. <laughs> <laughs> you just are a disciple of him. And he puts something out about the Nets, and then you go to town on it. We're talking about the freaking Nets. you got to be kidding me, man. Oh, my God goodness the nets the jazz will have reached the promised land 
uh, at that point and uh, worried about the Nets. At that point, you'd be just playing with big-time house money, as you like to say, like they say around here, if we're worried about the Nets. How foolish are you going to look if they don't come anywhere near getting to play the oh, Nets? Oh, they may not come anywhere near the Nets. And to your point, there's no guarantee the Nets will be there either. Nets' odds are probably better than the Jazz because the West is deeper than the East. But you come on, when the Jazz are sitting here with the best record in the NBA, when the Jazz are sitting here with the best record in the NBA, you don't think about whether they can win the championship or not. You don't think about that. You just sit here and watch games, and that doesn't occur to PK. The question watches, is, is consumes the as Nets, much sports as anyone. Yeah, not whether they can win a title or not. That's if they're going to win a title, questions. they have to beat all the best teams in the NBA. Which may not be the Nets. It so may, why may not be. What are you going to do in the fifth year of your retirement, but DJ? On March 22nd, what are you going to do? Do you know what you're going to do at that nope. time? Right. So why in the hell would I be worried about the Nets? I got the Lakers, the greatest franchise in NBA history, with at least minimally, if not strongly, arguably, the greatest player who's been to the finals 10 years in a row when he's healthy and I'm worried about the Nets? Oh, my goodness. What am I going to wor- worry about? Can you believe what global warming is going to do in 2089? I'm petrified. Knowing full well, I'm going to be long dead. <laughs> good, good. Keep Hey, Yak. Each time he brings on the Nets and he wants to die on this hill, would you play taps for me? This is entertaining. I find this entertaining because he knows I got ahead of myself, but he won't back down. This is a trait that I admire in myself. (laughs) So why wouldn't I admire it in you? Because the thing you're leaving out here with the Lakers. (laughs) He's still going. Yes. And this is. Taps, Yacht, taps. And this goes against what we were talking about two weeks ago. This goes against, against what we were talking about two weeks ago. Which is if AD can't go, LeBron needs help. Oh, this is why I love this job beyond anything I could have imagined. <laughs> I'm alive! This is... This is beautiful. <laughs> do the Jazz have a flag? Because if they do, I've just folded it and I'm going to present it to your wife. <laughs> no, that's not funny. Uh, that's my grandfather's funeral. <laughs> I know, but that's serious. That's why I said a I Jazz know. flag. I know, but as soon as you said that, I'm like, uh. I just went to one last, <laughs> not this past summer, the summer before for yeah. my uh, father-in-law. So, yes, I made sure I didn't say the American flag because I know that's extremely serious. I said the jazz flag and made sure <laughs> everybody knows flag. we're just like screwing around. Actually a thing. I know. That's what I said. Do the jazz have a flag? That's why I asked uh, that question. I don't know. Do they have a flag? They actually do this year. They've been running that uh, take note flag <laughs> promotion. <laughs> Yes. I know, but then so, you get the, you know, the, the, the 97-year-old jazz grandma who watches every game, right? And then her kid gets a jazz flag, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I covered it by, with it's like Joe Ingles 
said, uh, well, we're gambling, but it's all a charity. <laughs> and once you said that, okay. Okay. Same thing. I am I not know. being disrespectful in the least. I'm the dude, without question, who stands every national anthem because that represents my respect. You, or not you, I'm speaking you generally, you may think all that other stuff about kneeling was about something else. You can believe whatever you want. But for me, it's standing up every time. So I made a clear and distinct differentiation. But Here, here they come. Yes, <laughs> PK, but the, bet, the Nets are better now. They're, they're and I like how up. you're just reading the ones that favor you. Yeah, like absolutely. It, continue. Yeah. Okay, let's see how what else did, we got here. Are you at three <laughs> feet now on that hill? Or have you gotten to six Rob, feet yet? Rob just sent <laughs> Rob just sent from the movie Patton, which is an old movie but a classic. Oh, sure. yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and there is uh, George C. Scott as Patton. Remember he's standing in front of the flag saluting? Of course. So, of yeah, course, yes. that came in a minute ago during uh, during TAPS. <laughs> okay, now here comes one. It's hard to describe the gifts. They're better than they come across on the radio. Rob's got some dude on a mountaintop over a lake. And, I mean, it might as well be the Swiss Alps. They look like 10,000-foot peaks, and the lake is way down there. And the guy turns around, <laughs> points at the lake behind him. Looks like a good hill to die on. <laughs> there you go. I respect you from willing. You're willing to fight for your You're willing to die for your opinion. Good B- for you. BT Dubs. This is PK, and he's got Allen Iverson. And <laughs> he says, we talking about practice, man. He says, now, change practice to the Nets. We talking about the Nets. The Nets. We talking about the Nets. The Nets, man. Uh, <laughs> the Nets. Oh, this is old school Nets. here. Snazzy Coog. <laughs> Snazzy Coog. What you talking about, Willis? Oh, yeah. That's a man who died in Utah, did he not? Different strokes. Gary Coleman? Yeah. Wouldn't he live down in Utah County? He did Santa Quinn. I'm not sure how he ended up there, but uh, if I recall, I thought, yeah, he lived down there somewhere. So, yeah, what you talking about? Jeff. Sure, that was a staple. Jeff Jeff Jackson isn't, isn't talking about any of the playoffs one game at a time. One game at a time, Dave, one game at a time. Just the Lakers on Wednesday. Oh, yeah, man. If they lose to this version of the Lakers, talking about the Nets, it's even going to seem more ridiculous. Yeah, but when you got the best record in the NBA, you're thinking championship and you're thinking about everybody. Go ahead. Knowing keep, full keep, keep, well keep you can go it. out in the second round. Keep saying it, yeah. So they would have to acknowledge that then. If Under your line of thinking, I want you to have the cajones to ask – They'll they'll make uh, Quinn Snyder available before the game tomorrow, man. You, hey, coach, you see what the Nets are doing? <laughs> I sent you that uh, Zoom call of him uh, using some choice words for <laughs> yeah. a couple of reporters. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you my, my bleeping favorite guys. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna get. They're not thinking about the Nets at all. That's There's just no way they're thinking about the Nets. <laughs> but I appreciate you willing to die in that hill. That, uh, your stick-to-itiveness, to your point, however misguided, is impressive. Stay Swifty says no, and he's got Mel Gibson as Braveheart. The flag is whipping behind him, and Braveheart staring off into the distance, looking like a tough guy. Stay Swifty. Yeah. 
I mean, if 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 Locke would have tweeted out, yeah, Philadelphia, they look like the slam dunk, you would have just gone with that. So even you aren't thinking about the Nets. You're just thinking about no. what Locke's thinking about. No, actually, it was you. <laughs> you were saying last week, like, the Nets aren't in first place, but they're the team in the East. And they haven't caught Philly yet. Doesn't right. mean I'm thinking about them. Well, of course you're thinking about them. You just said not. they're the team in the East. From the Jazz perspective, I am not thinking about how the Jazz will match up with the Nets. I'm allowed to think that I think the Nets are the best team in the East without thinking how the Jazz Come and at on, that at point, least you don't, make me work a little bit here. At that point, when they're the best of the East, you don't think about how they compare to the top teams in the West. Do you understand the definition of no? How many <laughs> times lying. do you want me to repeat You it? are lying. I am not. I man, If they get past the Lakers, <laughs> I am going to throw a party, and I hope your hero, Dr. Fauci, doesn't have a problem with it. If they beat the Lakers and LeBron... It will be the biggest freaking win they've ever had. Uh, Are you kidding me? Okay, yes, does AD, it will. Does AD play in the series or not? Because that changes the series big time. If well, AD assuming plays, he will at that point. If AD's healthy and he plays. You're making my point even more. That's totally different. So if they different. beat LeBron with Anthony Davis, and I'm assuming he's going to be there for the playoffs, because everybody is there for the playoffs. I don't know that he will. But if that were to happen, it would be the Biggest accomplishment, better than beating a rundown Houston team, better than beating a young and immature Laker team to get to the finals. LeBron at 36 years old is still phenomenal. He's playing and like if they 30. Were, yep. With or without Davis, obviously with Davis, it's a bigger accomplishment. But even without, do you realize how sweet it would be to our community? You beat LeBron, LeBron who orchestrates his move. I had told you somebody close to the Lakers had told me a year before that he was going to the Lakers. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. So everybody in the league, or most folks in the league, knew what was going to happen. And then you turn around, and you got to forget that first year because he he was injured. He would have the groin injury, missed a bunch of games. But so in the first year that he's healthy, they win the title. And then in the second year, you beat them. Who gives a flying you-know-what about the Nets? You just had the opportunity to beat the I don't know that they will, but if they did... Oh, my goodness gracious, that would be so awesome. This town would be electric. I would sign on right now if you told me the Jazz can beat with or without, but we'll just go full strength for the sake of argument, the Lakers in the playoffs and then get swept by the Nets. Who isn't taking that? Every single Jazz fan is taking that. You beat and the Lakers, obviously, what a franchise. But for many folks, you beat the greatest Laker of them all in the postseason? Oh, my goodness. Then, at that point, okay, I'll think about the Nets. But that's like, uh, on my wedding night, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do the first night we retire? <laughs> DJ PK, I- it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Everything you missed in this show, coming up next. The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, the Zone continues to dominate the competition. Number one.
Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jovan Buha, Lakers beat writer for The Athletic, is going to join us here shortly. In the meantime, some of what you missed in this show. PK, BYU is going to have a limited number of fans to attend the USF and St. Mary's games Thursday and Saturday at the Marriott Center. I think they've only had friends and family in there. I don't think they've had more than 50 or 100 people, maybe 200 tops. So now a limited number of fans. Yach thinks... It'll be capped at five grand. We'll see if it's actually that large. Five grand at the very most. And whatever they think. Whatever they think. Five grand. He makes it a money equation. Five grand is for thousand. It's not money (laughs) automatically. He always goes to the money. That's why you're affluent. Well, I I hope that it's not the ladies who knit. I hope they let the students in. (laughs) The ladies who knit. Yes. All you people crocheting to the right, students to the left. Students hold well, on. you want as rowdy of an atmosphere as possible, man. And, and, and this would be senior night, too, wouldn't it? Uh, Saturday would be, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, these are the last two regular season games, and it's yeah. for the conference tournament. I wasn't sure if they had any makeup games or anything. I didn't know, but... Uh... This is, yeah, I, I, want, I want them to get... I want them to be rowdy, man. A little noise, a little enthusiasm. Have them go on a run and have the place erupt. Exactly. DJ and PK, it's time to welcome in Jovan Bua, Lakers beat writer for The Athletic. Jovan, good morning. Good morning, David. How are you? <laughs> I just dropped you access. Technology. David, I would like to talk to you about the New Jersey-turned-Brooklyn Nets. I think they're fantabulous. What do you think? I don't think that's why we're bringing on the Lakers writer. But here, well, I know. Well, we but we we've we've moved past the Lakers writer. Don't call him back. Get somebody from Brooklyn on. You're the one who's moved past the <laughs> Lakers writer. Oh, I love myself even more sometimes. You really do. <laughs> Hold up several mirrors. I already have. <laughs> what do you think my my ceilings are. All right, DJ PK, time to welcome in Jovan Buha, the Lakers beat writer for The Athletic. Jovan, good morning. Good morning. How are you guys doing? We're doing well. We're doing well. We have many questions about the Lakers, but I think the most important one, and I'm not sure you can answer it, but what do you know about Anthony Davis evaluating him in here in a few weeks? Is he likely to come back? Are they likely to say they're going to evaluate him again in a few weeks? Because it's certainly a different team with and without AD. Uh, well, uh, a few days ago, Frank Vogel gave him a four-week timetable, which would bring him back, uh, you know, I guess a week or so after the All-Star break. Um, you know, and I think with this injury, you can never be too cautious. Um, you know, and I think you look a couple of years ago with, with the Kevin Durant situation and what ended up happening with him and, um, you know, the, the, the notion that they might have brought him back a little too soon and, uh, you know, for the Lakers, I, I think they're in the, the stage right now, um, you know, especially as defending champs, that uh, you know, they just want to get to the playoffs healthy and, and you know, uh, with home court advantage. And if they can be the, the three or four seed, uh, they like their chances against, you know, basically anybody. But uh, if you lose Anthony Davis for an extended period of time because you rushed him back, 
which they might have done, uh, you know, I guess technically to begin with, uh, after he only missed a couple games and then uh, was re-injured um, in that next game. Uh, you know, I, I think they're just going to be extra cautious with this situation. But at the same time, you know, they're currently going through a skid right now. And, um, you know, they, they don't want to fall too far down the standings. So uh, it's an interesting balance. But I think ultimately they're going to be cautious with him. And um, I do expect him back, you know, within a week or so of the All-Star break. Uh, barring any setbacks. So we've heard about LeBron talking about this rest, and I admire him willing to go out there and play every game. You know, there's no doubt about it. Anytime I'm going to watch the Lakers, I want to see LeBron. I'm a fan of basketball, and he's the guy. And I certainly think that whatever he says should be consulted and seriously considered. But in my mind, it's a management decision. And if the management team decides that LeBron needs to sit or what have you, then I think they should do it. It should be you will you include him in the discussion, but I don't think he should have the final say in that way. You know, it's not an injury situation. It's a rest situation. What do you think about the opportunity to have him rested and should management take control of that and sort of take it out of LeBron's hands knowing that he has a say? Yeah, I mean, that is a tough one. Uh, I do think in general, um, you know, as a, as a general practice, um, you know, teams have um, their their medical staffs tracking these guys, you know, at everything, you know, blood pressure, heart rate, um, you know, workload, like, you know, I, I know some teams have it where it's literally like a stoplight where, you know, they have a, a different color for, for each guy of, okay, this guy's a green, this guy's a yellow. You can't let this guy get into red because that's when it's, it's the danger zone. So um, I'm, I'm sure on the Lakers end, they're tracking and monitoring all of this. Um, you know, obviously LeBron is kind of a in, in – <laughs> in an unprecedented situation where we've just never seen someone at, uh, you know, 36, you know, basically look like they're 24, right? Like, I guess the, the, the closest would probably be, um, you know, Carl Malone or, or Kareem, but I think LeBron's, you know, obviously more athletic than, than either of those guys. So it's just, we've never seen a guy be able to kind of handle this production and workload at this age. But, um, you know, I, I'm with you guys in that. I think he probably should just, you know, take a game off at some point. Um, but I think if anyone has earned that kind of right to dictate their their you know kind of body and, and whether they're playing or not, it is LeBron. I mean, he is the most powerful player in the league. So I, I think you know I think from the Lakers, with some of the stuff that has been said publicly, it does sound like they'd probably want him to take a night off. But it, he clearly is just rejecting that. And if that's the case, I think you don't want to upset LeBron and force him to take a game off and potentially you know, have them upset uh, and, you know, whatever consequences uh, come from that. So I, I'm with you in, in, in you know, in, in practice that I think, in, you know, you should, I'm, I'm more pro rest and especially with the workload he's had lately with AD out. I mean, if you look at some of the, the minutes, it's been, you know, he had a stretch where he had three straight games with 40 plus minutes, um, you know, went, went 40 plus minutes last night and they're losing these games, you know, and, and that's where I, I think the issue is, is, if he, you know, if they're winning because he's playing a lot of minutes, that's one thing. But they continue to lose, um, you know, recently, and that's just kind of a double whammy of you're falling down the standings and you're wasting LeBron's minutes. So um, I wonder if, you know, maybe he rests a game coming up here. But um, I, 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 I'm with you guys. I just, I think that he's, the, you know, kind of the one player that really has that power to kind of dictate that. And I don't think the Lakers are going to mess with that. 
Kyle Kuzma played his college basketball at the University of Utah. A lot of people still following him. And, you know, where after you got the big two, who are a couple other players who can really perform at a high level for you? There's the expectation he's that guy. Is he fulfilling that more? Is he all the way there? Is there still stuff they expect from him? How, does he, how is he fitting in right now? Yeah, well, I would say after the, the two stars, the third guy this season has been Dennis Schroeder. Um, you know, he, he has, uh, you know, stepped into that starting point guard role and, and played fairly well, and it's been a big loss for him. You know, and I think he's someone that they're really going to miss in Wednesday's matchup against the Jazz. As for Kuzma, I think he's really taken a step over the past, you know, 12, 14 months embracing a role-player role where, uh, you know, his first couple of years in L.A., he was one of their leading scorers. He kind of had a breakout as someone people were looking at as, hey, you know, is this guy a, a potential all-star or, or is he, you know, a potential 20-point-a-night, you know, career scorer? And, you know, obviously that that's no longer the case. And um, he's taken a big step back with LeBron and AD um, now in the Lakers. But I think it, it's been the other areas of his game that have really grown where he's become a plus defender. And that was not the case a couple of years ago. You know, he was a bad defender a couple of years ago. And he's he's used. I mean, he's got a good frame. He's six foot nine, long arms. You know, fairly athletic. He can defend multiple positions. Um, and if you look at his steal and block numbers, those have all increased. Uh, and then his rebounding. All of a sudden, um, you know, he, he was a decent rebounder, but he's become a pretty good rebounder. He's had a, a you know several double doubles this year. Uh, if you look at the, the offensive rebounding, he's had some really big offensive rebounding games with you know four, five, six offensive rebounds and. Um, th- those stretches have, have saved the Lakers at times when they've been struggling offensively recently. So Kuz, I think, you know, g- getting the contract uh, that, that he got heading into the season and, and just kind of accepting his role you know, off the bench and, and as a guy who is not just a scorer but can do other things with rebounding and passing and defense, um, I think he, he's, he's really flourished lately. So, uh, you know, he, he's not the third guy on the team necessarily. He's not the third leading scorer, but he's someone that is kind of like a Swiss Army knife for them, where they can plug and play him. He's played two through four uh, again, defended multiple positions, and I think he's had a, a really nice season quietly. From the Laker perspective, which team concerns you more, the Clippers or the Jazz? Ooh, uh, putting me on the spot here. Uh, <laughs> Well, right. I mean, right now it's it's the Jazz with, with how they're playing. I, I do think, for for my my, I, I guess mentality tends to uh, lean towards star power, and I, I just think that if you're looking at the Clippers versus the Jazz, Kawhi Leonard is the best player in the matchup, in my opinion, and uh, that would give me a slight, uh, I, I guess, edge to the Clippers. But I think with, with what Utah is doing right now, I mean, you can't discount it, and I, I think. You know, some people have defaulted to the well. It's you know, every year there's a regular season team that that you know kind of breaks out, and you know it's not legit. But I think with the, the sample size that we're seeing now, um, I believe they're what 26 and five, and and you know 21 uh, wins of double digits. Like you can't discount that. And um, you know, I, I've personally been a, a big Utah guy the last couple of years. Like I, I felt that they were the third best team in the West each of the last two seasons. Um, you know, I picked them to win Denver uh, to beat Denver in, in the first round. So um, I'm, you know, I think I've been more of a, a pro Utah guy than, than most uh, in the media. And 
Um, you know, I, so I, I buy this. Like, I think they're really, really good. I think this shows what happens when, when you keep a, a core together and just kind of add some, some pieces around the fringes. And, um, you know, obviously Mike is, is having an all-star caliber year. You got Donovan and, and uh, Rudy doing what, what they do. And, um, you know, I think Quinn's a really, really good coach. So, uh, I mean, the team is very dangerous. And I, I mean, if we're being candid here, like I think they're probably going to blow the Lakers out uh, on Wednesday just with the way the Lakers are shorthanded and, and with the way they're playing right now. Um, I think that one could get out of hand. Phoenix Suns have inched within a game of the Lakers and Clippers. At what point should we say it's not a big three in the West, it's a big four? What would have to happen for you to say that? Yeah, I mean, the, the, thing with, the only thing with Phoenix for me is the, the lack of experience, right? Like, uh, again, looking at you know, the, the other teams um, at the top of the West, you know, Lakers defending champs, Clippers of, of multiple guys who either won championships or, or gone deep in the playoffs. Um, you know, same with the Jazz. Uh, the, the Suns, aside from Chris Paul and, and Jay Crowder, are a pretty inexperienced group. And I think we've seen it in recent seasons that, you know, young teams tend to struggle in, in the postseason. Um, now, Chris Paul, I think, is one of the best point guards ever uh, and, and obviously one of the best leaders ever and is the type of guy that can maybe get them to overcome that, right? And I think you look at last year's playoffs with OKC and, uh, you know, I, I think that team had no business going to seven games with the Rockets. Uh, but, but the fact that they did and, and almost won that series, uh, I think that's a testament to Chris Paul. And, and just if you look at it, every, every team he's gone to, you know, their win percentage has gone up and, and usually by a decent, you know, amount, like, you know, 10 plus wins. So uh, I think, you know, if anyone could do it, Chris Paul is one of those guys. But, um, you know, for, for me, I, again, I think it's experience. I, I think it's the defense. Um, you know, I think offensively they have a bunch of firepower, a bunch of shooting. You know, Devin Booker I think will be just fine in the, in the postseason. But uh, to me, it's the defense and the experience will, will be my only knocks on them. But I like them. You know, I, I do think they're right there. Uh, I'd probably put Denver at, at full strength uh, ahead of them as probably the fourth best team. But I think Phoenix is right there at, at probably you know four or five. What percentage do you put on the Lakers making a move here before the trade deadline? Ooh. Um, if you're asking a, are you asking a trade or a buyout? Oh well, it could be either. I was, I, you know, I, I would yeah. probably uh, think buyout would be a little bit stronger of of a opportunity. Yeah, no, I, um, I would put that at, I don't know, ninety to ninety five percent. You know, I, I think the, the the waving of Quinn Cook last night um, was a a move in that direction. Uh, now, uh, you know, it seems like. They're not in a rush to add anybody. They're not necessarily going to add anyone soon just because of if you look at who's out there, um, you know, I don't think there's anybody that moves the needle that much. But, you know, we've heard the rumors of Andre Drummond or Blake Griffin potentially getting bought out. I think they'd have interest in either one of those guys. Um, I personally don't see the fit with the Marcus Cousins. You know, I, I think they need uh, more of a, you know, athletic defensive type uh, at the five, and that is not DeMarcus Cousins. So who knows? Maybe they end up signing him, but I personally just don't see the fit. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I think the, the waving of Quinn Cook last night what was a clear sign that they're, you know, they only have 13 players on the roster now, and most teams carry at least 14. Um, so I do expect them to add a guy to the buyout market, but this also gives them a little bit of wiggle room if they want to make a trade that they can take on a little extra salary 
uh, than they could have before. So they should have about like 1.7 million um, in uh, you know under the hard cap right now. So this gave them some financial flexibility. Quinn Cook wasn't playing. Uh, they technically could resign him on a couple 10-day contracts, but uh, I definitely expect them to make a move uh, between now and like the end of March. Jovan Bua joining us. He is a Laker beat writer for the Athletic, and I am curious your perspective being around the team on how Frank Vogel has done it because there was a just a ton of speculation about how long he would or wouldn't be there, and it seems like there's no drama there whatsoever. Everything has come together. How's he done that? Uh, it, it's been it's been you know impressive uh, because. Um, you know, we've seen what's happened with the Lakers over the last, you know, seven years or so, where they've had a revolving door of coaches. They had the nonstop drama on and off the court with players, with the coaches, with management. And, you know, it's become a little bit of a circus, right? And um, I think that what they've been able to do over the last couple of years with, um, you know, Rob Plinka stepping up as the clear leader. Uh, in the organization, with, with the hiring of Frank Vogel, which remember he wasn't even their second option; he was their third option. You know, they they wanted Ty Lue and, and Monty Williams, and ended up settling on Vogel. Uh, but if you look at what he did last season, um, you know, I think the, the key for him is he is a bit of a player's coach, where he, he does default to, um, you know, he, he he's a little soft spoken, he, he's he's relaxed. Um, like I, I think there are some similarities with, with, with he and Luke Walton in that regard, and I know that you know there are a lot of Laker players that like Luke Walton because of that dynamic. Uh, but but Frank is, is also a guy who preaches defense, and if you look at you know in, his Indiana and Orlando stops, like he's always been more of a defensive coach. And having LeBron and AD in, in you know at the time Rajon Rondo, like you're going to figure out the offensive end. But the, the defense, I, I think, for this team to get them to buy in to, to be a top three defense last year. Um, and, and, you know, really kind of have that identity, I think that was really key for him uh, and got, you know, LeBron and AD on board. And it really was LeBron's best defensive season since probably going back to Miami. So um, I think, you know, the buy-in he's been able to get from the stars, um, you know, from, again, I think being a bit of a player's coach, but also someone who, uh, you know, is a very smart, uh, you know, similar to like an Eric Spolstra, you know, came up in the film room, knows his X's and O's and, and film very well. Um, you know, like mul- multiple player, uh, Laker players this season have said that Frank Vogel has the best film sessions that they've ever had with a coach. And, and that just the, his level of detail, that they almost feel like it's, it's more productive than their practices, uh, his film sessions. So um, I think all of that combined has, uh, you know, led to him being safe, right? And, you know, I don't think there's any concern about his job security at this point, but um, you know, winning a, winning a championship helps. Having LeBron and AD helps. Um, but I, I think he deserves a lot of credit and has done a really good job. Well, Jovan, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for coming on and talking a little Lakers with us. Yeah, thank you guys so much. Jovan Bua, the Lakers beat writer for The Athletic, joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Your feedback coming up next. Stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Mitchell's a late game gangster, known as the last half dawn. He'll load it up and mow teams down, but not till the game's half gone. 
I don't understand why PK is freaking out so much about the Nets. They are a lot better this year. And if you're looking ahead, you're probably going to look at the Nets. You're going to look at all the teams. You're sports radio. You talk about sports and teams. What is happening? Your feedback. Hit us up on the app. Use the open mic feature. You can sing for us. You can deliver your hot take. Jill, you're nothing to me now. You're not a friend. You're not a listener. I don't want to hear from you. I don't want to see you. If you choose to use the open mic, I want to know a day in advance so I don't have to listen to it. Jill, don't go to Lake Tahoe with PK. <laughs> don't do Jock, it. Lake, Lake Tahoe's gorgeous, but don't go there with PK. Jock, I don't want anything to happen to Jill until DJ is gone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> taking the script out as far as possible. <laughs> we're really taking liberties right now. Jill, we're going to send you to Vegas to run some hotels. we got some new properties. Well, I was keeping with Kay and his wife's godfather theme on Donovan Mitchell, so I could tie it all together. There it is. <laughs> Put a bow on that. <laughs> Yeah, shoot. <laughs> Mike Conley, is he going to be a first-time All-Star this year? 47 people have liked that tweet. So I think those people who are liking that tweet are thinking he's going to be a first-time All-Star. A lot of competition out there. Four or five people you can build a case for for that last spot or two. And I really think it's two, not one. Of course, when they replace Anthony Davis, if not when... Are they going to replace him with a guard? Or are they going to replace him with another big? Oh, what's the difference? I don't think there's a difference, but that doesn't mean they won't do it. <laughs> You're right, but what is the difference? I mean, it's a it's an all star game, game run up and down. Everybody's going to be shooting threes and not playing defense until the last ten minutes, if that long. I realize they got a little worked up last year, so that was good, but I can't guarantee they'll do it again this year. Hopefully, they will. A little competition is always better than no competition. Sure, but I'm not going to crack on them if they don't because it just doesn't matter to me. I don't even remember. I remember that they played more with more intensity at the end last year, but I don't remember what happened or who won. <laughs> Chill. Was that a Jersey threat? I'm going to get whacked. <laughs> uh. <laughs> You can't remember who won because now that they're doing Team LeBron and Team whoever, who was it? I don't even know who picked against LeBron last year. It's Durant this year. I know that. But I'll probably forget it in a year. It wasn't Durant last year because he was rehabbing. Uh, I don't don't know. Yeah. (laughs) All right, TNT, 5 p.m. today. We'll find out if if Mike Conley uh, is an all-star. We've got the... We've got uh, got people responding to BYU, letting fans in. Uh, They're going to have a limited number of fans uh, for the two games, Thursday and Saturday, to wrap up the regular season at home. Greg tweets at us, Yeah, and as soon as the all-clear comes, the the running Utes are also going to have a very limited number of fans. See what you did there, Greg. That was a shot. That was good. Yeah, that was a shot. That was a shot. That's a decent shot. I like that. I just think for BYU, it should be the typical student. I want a 33-year-old balding white male who's in the stands just going crazy. 
I think you mean a 23-year-old who looks like a 33-year-old because he's balding. <laughs> Going crazy. I don't know. They seem so old. I just uh, – everybody at BYU is old. You know, that's, that's – of course, they're only old. It's only a story when they're good. So old. Well, I was watching the uh, jazz game last night with a friend of mine was over, and Zeller goes to the line. I said, did he play for BYU? <laughs> He's balding white dude. Did you get a laugh at that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's a neighbor of mine, and he did go to BYU, so he enjoyed that even more so. Nice. All right, we are out of time. Scouting hands are coming up next. We'll see you tomorrow right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.